Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Broker Breakdown with myself and James. A um, lot of stuff been going on in our business the last uh, the last few months. I think in general, too, James. I mean, the average household's been dealing with um, you know the whole inflation conversation now for for quite some time. So it's going to be interesting because we have, I think, a couple of really intertwined talking points about where, you know, how inflation is even going to affect insurance. And I think it'll hopefully bring some some context to, you know, why we pay what we pay on both home and car today. That's that's kind of the goal. Well, me and Mike had a very fiery conversation before we even came on the podcast. So even if it's like about half that kind of level, we don't need to get to the level that we got because there was a little bit of, uh, I, I would say, um, <laughs> passionate yelling if you want to call it that um but yeah there's just there's been a lot going on since um we kind of had this conversation and and mike i think you said um we kind of did a episode sort of like this back in january so there has been a lot of updates to that and again we just kind of want to put out an episode like this where we kind of explain like what is going on give people some stats and again people are a little bit more aware of what actually goes on behind the scenes. And it's not just, Oh, here's your documents and your price has now gone up for the year and not understanding why. Cause again, a lot of people don't really explain that very in depth. So as yeah. a regular consumer, realistically, you're just seeing an, a higher payment and you're like, well, why is that? So that's kind of what we're trying to tackle at least in this episode. Mostly it was, yeah, we did that episode back at the end of January talking about kind of market stabilization or what's going to happen and I think getting into the spring and summer months, um, and there's been more general talk and you know about inflation and and how it affects the insurance policy. So there, there's a couple of different breakdown aspects that we'll get into on that today. But I think I had a I was telling you earlier I had a great conversation with one of the uh, dealerships that I work with yesterday. And I said to them, "You don't understand how intertwined everything is," and they didn't really understand what I was saying when I was telling them that but I said you got to look at it as like an ecosystem everything in the ecosystem is changing right now where for example um, as of October 2022 the average used car price increased 20% from the year prior the average new car price increased 18.5% from the year prior so that's basically if you round that up you're basically at a 20% increase for car prices in in one year. Okay, so one one part of the ecosystem's changed, Mike. Yeah, right. Now, looking looking from 2019 to 2022, rental car prices have jumped 48%. Okay, so that's another part of the ecosystem that's gone through a massive change. Um same thing on car vehicle, like repair costs. 23% in the last year. So another part of the ecosystem. Um, and then what, not, not one that really people that they were actually thought of, like, cause th- those three things are pretty well thought of, but I said to them, I'm like, what, what has the wage gap jump been? Like, let's say in the last three years, especially for mechanics, because mechanics are so sought after right now, or anyone that really works on cars, if it's body work, um, mechanics any kind anything like that painters um and they said well they've had to jack up their starting wages because to attract talent and i said okay 
So now you're having to jack up your wages to attract talent. Okay, but what does that do then? Well, that obviously is going to increase your service costs. And they said, actually, we just took a service rate increase actually earlier this month. And I'm like, okay, so all these things in the ecosystem are changing. And all these things in the ecosystem are attached to insurance. So why would insurance not change with that? Right, right. And this, I think this is the the point that maybe the the average person who doesn't have a claim or works in the industry understands is that when you pay for your insurance, all you technically see is you you get a you get a copy of a policy and you pay either an annually or a monthly fee to have kind of a trust or a promise from that insurance company. That's all the average person sees, right? And again, unless you've been in a claim or you've worked in the industry, you kind of have a little bit more of that deep dive as to why we pay what we pay. But it's something that, I mean, if everything is going up, even 10, 15, 20%, just as generally speaking, the cost of an insurance policy because the insurance company pays for all of those expedited, inflated costs is going to increase as well, James. So it's it it should be almost common knowledge, but I know we talked about this before. It, it doesn't always get looked at that way because we're providing you know not a tangible service, right? Insurance is more of a promise. It's a conversation piece. It's hey, you're going to be there when I need you. So even if I've been a fantastic driver there is like this subconscious expectation that my rates better go down every year, especially on car insurance. Yeah, car insurance is always the one that I see all the time that people are like, well, I'm, I drove an extra year, like my insurance should go down. But let's even take, for example, let's use the car prices um, argument for a second, Mike. And I, like I said, as of from last year, so 2022 to 2021, there was a 20% increase basically across cars. Um, but let's look at what the model that the manufacturers want to do. This is, in their eyes, this is great because going back even five years ago, Mike, how many dealerships did you drive by and the dealerships were just packed with cars? They're, they're uh, overflow lots packed with cars. Nowadays, you drive by and there might be like 10 cars in the lot. Because yeah, yeah, right. The manufacturers are now going towards a model where you basically have to pre-order your vehicle or factory order your vehicle and wait 6 to 12 months and again they have more of the buying power in that in that stance because again another argument I've I've been making for the last little bit how many times did you see prior to the pandemic on TV or radio or wherever it was that you kind of like watched your media did you see every car company on planet earth promote like their deal of the month, their deal of the year, whatever it might be, right? Their sales. But right, nowadays right. you don't see that anymore. Like you don't see marketing like that from the manufacturers because they don't need to do that right now because car prices don't need to be dropped significantly because people are still paying basically sticker price for that vehicle. And like I said, yeah, for the manufacturers, right. <clears throat> they're loving life because like I said, they don't have to have um, vehicles made and overmade, and then they're losing money on it. Dealerships are loving it because they don't have to pay for all these vehicles and have them sit on their lot for three to six months. And they're losing money off that. So in the grand scheme of things, 
they would rather have a model like this where like you basically just buy directly and there's really no like bartering at all anymore and they're like i said they're making top dollar on it and that's like i yeah. said jacking up the rates of what these are costing right like even for myself my truck like i don't know like uh, let's say five years ago, my truck would probably cost around fifty, fifty-five thousand, probably. But nowadays, you go and look at the same model vehicle that I have, and it's like seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars in like a four-year, five-year span. So, like that just that doesn't just happen because they want they want to say, oh well, our profit margins need to go up. Like like I said, the ecosystem is changing, and they have to change like every part of that ecosystem. Is going to be impacted, even if one part of that ecosystem is going to even go through a minor change. And we we talked about this last week, but also, you know, insurance companies are obviously and have been for a little while struggling with vehicle thefts in general because what you pay for that theft portion of your policy is typically quite a bit lower than other aspects of the policy. But yet, when a vehicle is stolen, especially a newer vehicle or a vehicle in let's just say the last three, four or five years when it still holds a lot of its value, if it's stolen, it's bas- it's pretty black and white, right? Like the, if, it's, if it's stolen, the insurance company's on the hook to, to kind of re- you know replace that vehicle for you, which with these, not inflated, but with these higher valued vehicles, James, it's a lot of money, right? I mean, that's, they used to worry about you know accident benefits claims because those were bigger injuries and even collision damage, but vehicle theft, is on the rise. And as a result, I mean, paying out 40, 50, 60 grand for a theft claim, that's a big loss for a company. There's actually two points I want to make there. And we talked about it last week, actually, but I want to applaud Honda because Honda is actually doing something that as of right now, as of us recording this, I, and any dealer I've talked to, any other manufacturer is not doing this. So Honda is basically releasing like a tracking system of their own that they're going to be putting in vehicles, like their own vehicles. So that is the first manufacturer that at least I've heard of and that I've talked to my connections with that's doing that kind of thing where they're actually like going for the manufacturer and be like, okay, this is a problem. We need to do something. And the manufacturer is like, yes, we're going to like, we're going to put some resources into like developing a product. So you'll, if you have a Honda or if you're buying a new Honda, I would definitely ask about it because like I said, it is going to be at least for me, I know at least the first manufacturer that's going to be releasing something like this. And again, the dominoes are going to fall. I would probably assume that most manufacturers are probably going to go ahead and do something very similar, but Honda's at least to my knowledge is the first company to market. Basically. Um, The second point I wanted to make was go to any dealership nowadays and go and look at any bigger vehicle, like an SUV, a truck, that kind of thing. Every vehicle now is like over a hundred thousand dollars, and it's like, like five years ago, like I'll like let's take um, I could probably same thing. I could take my truck for example, but let's take like an SUV, like a Tahoe or like an Expedition or an Explorer or something like that. Like five years ago, they were like under a hundred thousand, like well under a hundred thousand. Like they were like seventy, eighty thousand dollar vehicles. Now they're like a hundred and eight, a hundred and ten with taxes in it. And it's like that's like just in that small period of time that that car price has changed significantly. Yeah, it's. I mean, just in general, I think vehicle prices have gone up. But I mean, like that's certainly 
uh, from a theft perspective, that's you know that that's one of the big reasons why they're trying to eliminate. Um, how do we how do we kind of crack down on these thefts, right? Because I mean, paying out that much money for a vehicle is um, yeah, cuts in cuts into the <laughs> cuts into the loss ratios pretty fast. Well, it's it's not like it's an accident, right? Where like we can fix it's like a ten thousand dollar repair, we go and fix it. If it's a stolen vehicle and it's never recovered, that's a hundred thousand dollars that the insurance companies have to pay out, right? And I know we talked about this last week, but as of last year, it's now become over a one billion dollar market of stolen vehicles in Canada. So like like I said last week, it's got to be a combined effort from everyone involved. It's got to be the insurance companies, government, manufacturers, consumers themselves. Like everyone has to get on board to help stop like the rise of theft because all that's going to happen is long term, it's going to impact everyone more than people are thinking right now. Like, yes, you might see like things kind of change here and there, but it's only going to have a more of a long term impact if we continue down this road. Yeah. One, the one thing that's interesting is back like in 20, maybe 14, 15, I remember doing a lot of different um, webinars about the changes with the water coverages back then, because at that time, water was becoming the more kind of leading source of property claims, right? The majority of claims were water in some way or another, and then coverages were implemented to offset you know, sewer backup, for example, or flooding or overland or ground or whatever the wordings are. And there's a couple of different ones available depending on the on the provider. That was super hot back then. And then remember yeah. even recently too, it was cyber. Cyber was a massive thing recently in the last few years. And it, well, and here's the thing. They, 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 these things are still around and they're still very common. But the point is when industry trends start changing and let's use right now as like thefts in the last couple of years have been on the rise and insurance companies are seeing this as a trend we're going to start seeing other things implemented into the policy to either a help discount car thefts in general b surcharges or um changes to policies right it already happened with water there are certain areas where you can't get water coverage because of where you live and postal codes and that's become more common knowledge i think now but we might start seeing those types of trends james on the theft side i don't know what that would be but it could be as simple as maybe a higher deductible it could be as simple as um or maybe as complicated as as being enrolled in that tag program it could be something from hey you got to pay more for theft like the rates are just higher for theft if you want it because you have this vehicle that's you know what i mean like so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out as this trend continues. Well, we've already kind of seen where companies will increase their deductible, especially based on value. So that's not really an uncommon thing to see. So, but could it trickle down to vehicles that are hot, like more highly targeted for theft? Possibly. Well, um, and that's the difference, right? Is like in in historically if you had a higher value vehicle sure right the deductibles would definitely change insurance companies would have different rate groups and that's very common but if it, it it still wasn't every person right like you you come across like one of 10 that's like okay maybe there's a deductible change the average person still has an average vehicle with respect to like deductibles so it didn't really become like um it hasn't become like a full wide industry thing Yet it's still more of like the that was like a higher class problem. Yeah, and now it's it's kind of trickling down now into like what normal like 
what the normal market's looking like because like i it, said yeah. most vehicles are costing that amount right like oh it at- could it could yeah like i mean even they might even get to the point though where vehicles that are 35 35 you know 40 that high of higher theft you know targeted vehicles even if it's maybe a lower end but it's still a, a targeted vehicle for whatever reason we might start seeing that in that type of vehicle right regardless of the purchase price of it well my example would be another great vehicle example would be the Honda Civic. Look at 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you could buy a Honda Civic for under $20,000, probably like 18, 19,000. Nowadays, go try and buy a Honda Civic and it's like 30, 32,000 in, in just in 10 years. It basically like jumped up over 50% in just that amount of time, right? So it's like I said, I'll, I'll come back to the this analogy. If one part of the ecosystem is going to get impacted, the shift to the rest of the ecosystem is going to get impacted as well. Yeah. And we've done, I'm, I'm not going to overkill it, but we've done episodes on the, the rental side and and I think even general part supply chain issues, which is big. But those two things, I mean, rental rental as a talking point from inflation has taken a monster jump or a monster hit. It was very common to see policies at, you know, $1,500 for vehicle rental for a long time, almost my entire time in the, in the industry thus far, 1500 was, was very common. And it would be like, it would work for those that wanted, you know, X number of days. Now, I mean, I would say like we've done this before, but 2,500 to 3000. So even those numbers, you're looking at, you know, what is that almost a hundred percent increase on, on the actual rental vehicle coverage itself due to inflation. Well, and then I'll kind of counter you with that, and I'll say on the part side of things, let's even let's say like, same thing. Let's go back ten years. A windshield, a windshield, maybe ten years ago, two hundred, three hundred bucks. But I'll even go personal. My windshield, I just had to replace, and if I had to replace the windshield myself, it would have cost me twenty two hundred dollars. So even in that amount of time, you're telling me that a windshield basically increased ten x in 10 years so like basically like went up like double basically like that it just it's 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 the like, things that we don't see as like the average consumer though right no, like we, we we want more technology in vehicles we want more safety features we want our lives while driving to be easier i could state i could literally just say that and as a result we want all of these features and all of these these extras but we don't understand how that affects the other side, the repair side, the insurance side. It's just, it's it's the benefit of buying one. Don't get me wrong, but there are, for every decision, there's, there's other decisions that come into play. Well, we can sit here and realistically, we're in a privileged position because obviously we deal with every day. We kind of see the trends. Again, I talk to a lot of my partners and stuff and kind of see trends not only in like the auto world but obviously we've had a bunch of real realtors on mortgage brokers that kind of stuff so we see trends in other industries that are like i said are connected to our ecosystem as insurance so us we are definitely in a more privileged position because we kind of see this stuff all the time where the regular consumer isn't going home and researching about oh car prices are going up oh repair costs are going up oh mechanics are there's a shortage of mechanics in in canada Oh, I wonder why that is, right? Like no one's really doing that realistically. So I think that's 
that's always been our biggest goal for this podcast is obviously to shed light on things that, you know what, people might overthink. And even yesterday, like I said, the dealerships and stuff that I was talking to and other partners I was talking to, they're part of this ecosystem. But they kind of, I wouldn't, I don't want to say overlook because that kind of, that sounds bad, but they, I would say maybe didn't think about these things. And they're like, wow, these things are like really connected. And I was like, yes, they are. Like they're so intertwined with each other. And even people that are in this ecosystem kind of almost overthought it or overlooked it and was like, oh, you know what? Like that actually makes sense. Like that actually like makes so much sense to why things are going up and why consumers are having a tough time understanding it. Because even from someone that's inside an industry that's intertwined with ours, they were still like, wow, that kind of opened my eyes to that. We actually didn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's all industries, right? There's so many car, there's so many pieces of that um, from buying a vehicle to getting a repair to going on a trip, whatever it is that you're, you're driving that affects that overall insurance cost. But when it comes down to it, it's not their job to really look at it or care about it. It is, it's, it is ours in a, in essence. So it's um, at the end of the day, it's, it is what it's going to be. We're going to see, increases for sure because the insurance industry in general is pretty reactive right we see things happen or i shouldn't say we the insurance companies see things happen with respect to claims and running all the numbers and everything and then determine where they're paying out the most stuff and as a result there's typically rate increases that happen in those categories so um i know even earlier a few months back james we did the stuff on the kind of that hurricane out in the the east coast and that has that, you know, those types of things are reactive, right? The event happens. We now know that can happen again, for example. What were those losses paid like? What coverages are implemented? What's not? But all of this stuff, I guess my point is, happens after the fact. And then it gets, it kind of trickles down. So some of that stuff takes one, two, three years before you actually see it impacted on your insurance policy. It doesn't oh, yeah. happen. It doesn't it's, happen after the loss. Yeah. It's not an overnight thing. And that, like I said, these thefts have been years in the making, right? Like we, we saw, especially for me, I saw these thefts in like all the Facebook groups and stuff that I'm in that like we like the trucks and stuff. I saw this years and years ago, but we never thought years and years ago that this was going to be a problem until obviously now, like things don't just happen overnight. Serious things might, but like these kind of things, they kind of build and build and build and build and just gotten to the point where like now they need to address it because it's getting really out of hand, right? But right, right. Well, that's and there's both sides of that too, right? Like we just we've just covered quite a bit on the car side, but even just a point that flipped in my head there. I mean, think about what it costs in general for both materials and labor for work right now, right? I mean, contractors are having to increase all of their overall prices when quoting in order to make their kind of ends meet, pay their guys. Um, I mean, overall prices for materials have gone up. So as a result, obviously, in, if you have an insurance claim on the home side, switching gears just just very slightly, it's going to be the same thing, right? It's it's going to be the same thing. You're, you're going to have to pay more for those things. The insurance companies are then footing the bill for that. Um, and all of those restoration costs, for example, or rebuild costs are going to be, you know, whatever number it is percentage higher than what it was in, in the past years. 
So it's, I, it's, it is, it, it is what it is, but this is why one of the reasons we're seeing, I don't think we, we saw a lot of that during COVID. No, we didn't. But the, the big thing is, and I know everyone's like on this big, like kick that like, oh, like wages need to go up because of inflation, all that kind of stuff. But the problem is, and I, I, I'm all for increasing people's wages so that they can make a living and like, obviously like not be like not being able to live or own a home or at least have a home that they can live in and, and whatnot. But the thing is, is, if you raise wages, what do you think that does to everything else? Like the prices of everything go up too. like, you can't raise wages and then say, oh, well, we raised wages 20% in the last year, but our cost to like do a job is still going to stay at that same amount. Like that's that there's no way a company's doing that. If you raise the wages of all your employees, guess what? The cost of jobs are going to go up too. Just like I was saying earlier, where when I was talking to one of my dealerships yesterday, they just raised their service fee because they obviously have to attract talent somehow. So they pay talent more to come to their dealership to work. They can't pay someone more, but then keep their service costs the same level it was prior, like before they were charging or bringing people in at a certain wage that was lower so it's like i said it's like it's that ecosystem if one part of the ecosystem is going to be impacted the rest of it's going to as well if if you're going to increase wages service costs are going to go up too exactly exactly and, and that's just part of inflation right i mean we the, this is going to be something that's going to continue to happen for the next little bit how does that affect your insurance policy well I mean, we've we've seen the notices in the, in the newsletters from our partners, and I would say just just being kind of generous, you're probably going to see between five and ten with a lot of companies over the next year. I know we've already seen a lot of those companies provide kind of updates that this is going to be happening. Um, and what that means from a client perspective, though, is that a I guess a policy renewal that's very similar to what it was last year, as an example, is actually going to be a pretty fair estimate because we've talked about this before, but insurance companies have an appetite for what they want for a client. Um, That appetite does change as well as they become a little more sophisticated. But in general, if you're seeing a... um, a very much the same price for your home and auto policies, or one goes up slightly, but the other one compensates and go down. I think James, that's going to be a net positive in this next calendar year. A hundred percent. Like from a from a client perspective, I want to say that right from a client perspective, that's the way. I don't think you're going to see a lot of people having ten uh, percent like reductions on on insurance. So if there's an expectation that's going to happen. I think you got to change that mindset. Uh, if you're lucky enough that that did happen, you're obviously in a very specific niche that your company likes, and that's that's amazing. But that's very few and far between. That's that's not going to be the normal for people. And that's the whole value add of having a broker, right? Because if your insurance does go up, we have other companies that we can like shop you to, right? So that's right, exactly. It's there's it's never going to be option A, and that's the end. Like there's going to be a lot of other options, but. Well, you know what, too? I'll I'll say one thing, too, because I I just thought about this and I was going to forget it. The one good thing about being kind of in our position as brokers that I love personally is that if that renewal comes up and it has gone up or down a little bit and there's a conversation about the renewal, the biggest 
advantage that I provide or biggest value that I love providing is, is just having a five minute conversation saying, yeah, you know, it has gone up a couple of dollars per month on your car. Your home has actually gone down a little bit. And over the last five years, if we look at like a track record, yours has stayed pretty stagnant or it's gone down. If you see that increase, James, in one year, I don't think people should automatically push that panic button and say, oh my God, I got to move because this is too much. Because very, it's very common that the next year, that same company might reduce your rates because now some of those other clients have left, right? So it's the panic button shouldn't get pushed when you see a, an increase on renewal. I think that conversation with us is much, much more important. Yeah, I never push that panic button unless it's like a massive, massive increase. And I'm like, okay, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But like, if you're looking at minor stuff, then yeah, like, I always kind of tell people this insurance companies and insurance industry is like a roller coaster. You have your ups and you have your downs. And right now we're definitely in a down, but that only means we can only go up from here, right? So like things will start stabilizing, things will start getting back to normal. We're hoping inflation kind of figures itself out or people that are in charge of figuring that out, figure it out. But yeah, it just insurance is that up and down roller coaster type industry where, like I said, company A can be hot for three years and they're up and they're up at the top of the peak. They hit that peak in like the next two, three years, they're just cold, cold as can be. And then they're down that little dip, right? I think right now a lot of companies are in that dip. Um, I don't think there's really any companies on the up right now. And there's again, where you are in that dip is gonna differ depending on what company it is. But I like I said, I know we've kind of thrown this term around like in in posts or past um episodes but this hard market that we're in right and even from the article that we kind of based this whole episode on uh from the canadian underwriter about kind of intact kind of where they kind of see personal auto and inflation heading um like it literally says in here that there's no doubt that we're still in this hard market and there's really they don't see where this hard market ends and even they're saying right here too, um, the who is this? What part? What role do these guys play? So, the intact senior vice president of personal lines, basically, he said, well, they're taking a, um, they took a nine percent rate increase Q one, and they all he notes which he will which he will continue or which will continue for the next few months and probably peak mid year. So like they're predicting that it's still going to be a hard market, at least into the middle of this year, Mike. Right. And and that, and that's more from them anyways, but um, yeah, that, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. In, I mean, intact is the largest insurance company in Canada for one, for two, they are definitely uh, one of the leading companies given their size when it comes to some advancements, some technology, um, just overall, I guess, initiatives or program setting. Like they're, they're definitely in those, those top few, I would say, in my opinion, or at least what's, what stuff has happened. So when they make statements like that, it, it's not worrisome. I think it's just the reality of the situation, right? That that's going to happen. Um, other companies may or may not follow suit depends on, on their model and what type of clients they attract, but it's just being really forthcoming with the fact that 
it, you know, let's not let's not just say, hey, we're all going to see reductions because we all went through COVID, right? That someone who says that it's, it's not going to be looked at the same way by clients. So just being open and saying, hey, we're going to see some increases. It's going to be five to ten percent. That's that's just the reality. But it's also not even that bad because everyone else is going to be doing the same thing. The point that I kind of wanted to like transfer to or like kind of move to, um, besides the whole inflation thing, which I personally think was a big miss by the insurance companies. I understand what they were trying to do with this, but during the whole pandemic, what a lot of insurance companies did is they either froze their rates or they actually took discounts for clients during that time because people weren't driving as much, all that kind of nonsense, right? The problem is, is now inflation is so bad that we're that it's causing in increases but because of these rate freezes and these discounts that companies offered are now being removed you're seeing a bigger jump than you would have if they would have just took rate that they should have during that time so it's like a double whammy basically a double-edged sword so yes we can blame it all on inflation we want but there's also a responsibility on their insurance companies because like i said they made a decision and again no one could predict the future mike this was obviously something that's never happened in, in human history the world basically shut down they were trying to do what was best for their clients but it unfortunately backfired and like i said for a lot of companies that took these rate freezes or these discounts now have to obviously have been removing them for the last like year or so now mike we've seen a lot of companies come out in the last year basically saying that these discounts are being removed but a lot of these companies that did take rate freezes are like trying to catch up to where they need to be now because inflation made it so much worse than they thought coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, they, nobody would have known. Kind of, I, I, I maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Regardless, um, but I, I remember a couple of different providers providing some of the COVID relief and a few things like that. And, and what happens is during that kind of unprecedented time, quote, if Company A did it and company B, C, you know, D didn't. The thought, I think, in my opinion, was that if we don't kind of follow suit in sense, we could lose other clients because people were so, so strapped, right? And not working. And a lot of people weren't working. So if you're strapped, you're going to cut down on your costs. And, and insurance is one of those. So if you get any relief from the current provider you're with at the time, it hopefully prevents you, you know, shopping around and, and moving that insurance uh, to another provider. Now, don't get me wrong; everyone, everyone, a lot of people did that anyways. But the that was probably the idea, right? Was how can we provide some give back during a very tough time, and then we'll deal with whatever those repercussions are in the future, um, being kind of right now, right? With going to seeing probably some rate increases, but. At the time, James, that made the most sense. And I think that was what what they deemed they had to do. A hundred percent. It made the most sense then. And like I, I just said, no one could predict the future. No one sat there and said, oh, well, the world basically was going to be shut down for three years. And basically our way of life was going to completely change. They All they were really thinking was, let's try to help clients as much as we possibly can. Um, and like I said, I'm not saying that's a negative, but I think the outcome has been a negative because now what they're doing is they have to now play catch up because they are so far behind in what the rate should be that they're taking more rate than they should have. If they just would have 
even you know what even if they just didn't freeze rates maybe but like gave people like relief and discounts that possibly could have helped but the problem is is they took rate freezes and and they did relief so they did both and that's what's really hurting people right now is because if you just discount people's policies and remove that yes that's an increase but it's a smaller increase than what the rate freeze would have like would have done if it wasn't implemented but when covid first started yeah fair but best of luck finding someone that was going to be on board to do that during that time period when it was, you know what I mean? Like those, given those times, nobody was. Yeah, uh, it's easy for us to sit here and. and um, a couple of years later. Yeah, a couple of years later and try to critique what they were trying to do, right? It's like it's even from the political side, it's easy for us to sit here and critique what people did prior to COVID and now what we've done now, right? It's It's so easy to sit in that critiquing chair and be like, oh, they should have done this. They should have done that. Well. No one had that knowledge or information when that kind of stuff first started, right? Like, like I said, it was a historic event that like no one ever saw coming. So it's like I said, it's it's easy to sit here and critique, but at the same time, it's like, what if, right? Like, what if we did things a little bit differently? Would people and consumers be less impacted in today's world if, like I said, if if those what ifs maybe were put into place or maybe not put into place? Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the one thing that I'll say too, as we get closer to that kind of 40 minute mark, the one thing I'll mention is that for uh, people that either A, have renewals that are coming up or those people that um, are even looking for vehicles and homes and stuff now, I guess the one takeaway from today's episode would be that you know inflation affects a lot of things. Your insurance policies, whether it's your home or your auto insurance is really no different, but finding the right person with the right plan and being able to kind of explain that, I think communication is huge, and a lot of the industry um, has that. But you know, there's obviously those that don't, right? We hear about those com- kind of complaints all the time. So having it with the right person, I think, is important because at least that way you'll know if you can have open and direct conversations about, "Hey, I've seen 10%, Mike. What's going on?" And there's a legitimate reason behind it. At least I've done my job to provide the reason. And then if whether or not you're okay with that or not then we can take next steps, right? If you say 10% is not okay in my books, fair, let's look. Like, is somebody else better with the same coverage, right? Versus um, compensating or or combating that by saying, I'm going to remove this, 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 that you actually do value, right? Removing like water or or whatever the case may be is, and then having that claim, that's a pain. It it 100% is. I think my takeaway for today is, again, I'm going to go back to the analogy I've been using the whole episode and the ecosystem and just like it was, I've been kind of preaching this whole episode is that there's obviously going to be different parts of the of an ecosystem. And if you impact one part of this ecosystem, no matter what part it might be, it's going to trickle down to all the other parts of the ecosystem. So insurance is just one part of this ecosystem, just like how car prices are going up. And rental car prices are going up and repair costs are going up. And like I said, the shortage of mechanics and just maybe even just straight up the the shortage of shops. Because again, now with all this going on, like how many mom and pop shops have closed since COVID because they can't operate because the bigger places are like taking all the good talent because they can pay them more than a mom and pop shop can. So any little piece of this ecosystem that's going to be impacted is going to trickle down to the other parts of this ecosystem. And, and unfortunately that's just, that's 
insurance. Insurance is that little piece of the puzzle. And we've seen all the other pieces of the puzzle kind of move around and change. And insurance is now the, is going to be one of that, is it going to be another one of those pieces that unfortunately is going to shift with kind of the rest of that ecosystem. So that's kind of, that's kind of my takeaway, Mike, at least from this episode, that everything is connected or intertwined. And if one thing is, is altered or changed, you better bet that the rest of it is probably going to be altered and changed as well. And that, and that directly affects those rates, right? It definitely, it, all those things affect at the end of the day, the price that you see on your policy, what you're paying for your vehicle insurance. There's about, I don't know, a hundred things below that, that go into why that's, that's, I guess, justified. And the only thing you can do better is ensure that as a driver, you're doing or a driver or a homeowner for that matter is doing everything possible to remain as claim free as possible. You know, keep that driving record as nice as possible. Cause even if things do have, you know, increases like we're seeing, at least you've done what you could to make sure that you're giving yourself the best opportunity. Because I can tell you from experience, those that have, you know, numbers, I think, I think they all, they're aware, but clients that have claims or tickets or non-payments or any combination of those are going to have a much, much harder time, not only getting a policy, but getting it at a favorable rate. So even if you're someone that thinks it's a little bit higher than what it should be, but you're a really clean driver, it doesn't mean that you should you know push that panic button, as I said earlier. Yeah, I, I love what you said too. It's having the right representative, someone you trust to kind of explain that stuff to you, right? Because communication is so key in the world that we live in right now because a lot of people don't use communication, don't communicate at all. Like we lack social skills in general, personally. Um Go talk to someone at any store or any place, and it's like it's so hard to keep a conversation with them. Like I was at um, during my meetings yesterday, uh, I just I stopped in at a store quickly, and I'm pretty chatty. And I was chatting with the one guy, and like he couldn't like look me in the eyes, like he couldn't keep like eye contact with me. He really couldn't keep the conversation going. And I'm like, okay, like so. I find that that's the biggest thing. Find someone that can communicate the issues to you and can actually explain what's going on in the market. Because if you just have someone that's like, oh, the rates are going up because the rates are going up, like that's terrible communication skills. Like that's literally not explaining or finding any pain points for a consumer whatsoever. If you can go in more in depth of it and actually explain like what's going on and give some actual examples, then yeah, a client may still not like the fact that it, your their insurance is going up, but at least they can understand it and be a little bit more educated from it other than, oh, it's going up, just deal with it. Yeah, right, right. That, that, that's that's a great point as well. It's, it's what's that, what's the transparency like, right? What, what kind of, are you getting the answers you're looking for or are you being just kind of fed that line that is uh, maybe generic? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, if you if it's all about premium for you, and on renewal, is that person really going to care to explain it to you if all that all that they cared about was getting it at the lowest price? Probably not. No, so, no, I've seen that before. I would just always, I know we preach this all the time, but just find the person that you trust with your insurance needs and make sure that like they can communicate when you have issues. Because the last thing you want is to have an issue and they basically just say, well, it is what it is, right? And they just, that's, that's their response to it. So, but, uh, I think that's everything we got for this episode. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, we did our takeaways and whatnot. And um, I think we can kind of leave it at that then. 
So we'll we'll be back next week. I think this airs. Uh, it always does the next the next Tuesday. Is it yeah, James? So this, yeah, this will be the so we record or we post every Tuesday at twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So this recording's on the seventeenth. So this will come out on the twenty third for everyone. So we had an episode yesterday come out. So make sure you check that and again follow and subscribe so you guys aren't missing any episodes moving forward. And we'll try to bring out some uh, some new and interesting content here moving forward as well so that everyone has more up-to-date info, as always, which is our, our goal here on the breaker on the broker breakdown. Exactly. As things change, like I said, we did an episode sort of like this a few week, months ago, so and things have definitely changed since. So these little update videos or podcasts are are definitely needed because as the market changes, we want to make people aware of that as well. Of course. So we appreciate all the listeners. Thanks again for tuning in and we will, uh, we will talk to you guys next week.